0: Yo, what up, people? It's your boy, Chad Dave. You know I'm here. You know what I do. You know how I feel. I had to reach out to my homeboy from Cleveland this time around, man. Trying to expand the brand. You know what I'm saying? And um, honestly, I've been rocking with this guy for a long, long time, man. Um, we we going to get into the varsity squad. We going to get into the pilot parties. But, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. The best times I ever had in Cleveland was at his parties, man real for real so um we gonna we gonna chop it up man we gotta we gotta discuss oh, cleveland yeah. djs versus columbus djs you know the tension between <laughs> akron and cleveland you know we gotta, start a war yeah man we got we gotta talk about all the good yeah. stuff man i mean it's it's important to the culture and it's important um you know to the history of ohio not just columbus or not just cleveland um so one time for my guy, DJ Step 1. What's poppin', my G?
1: What's good, Trav Dave? What's happening? <laughs>
0: man, I can't complain, man. Uh, Honored to have you on the show. I think the last time I saw you was at uh, Orange Soda. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was, uh, was getting busy at the Orange Soda. And, you know, I just always pay attention to you, not just as like a DJ, but as a creative I'll always pay attention to what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I'll always check out your page and see what you got going on, man. And, you know, from the from the institute you got going on to the, um, uh, what's it called? The augmentation. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, the um, augmented reality app. We yeah. actually just just got featured. It's just been a heavy press week yeah. for me. The Montreux. The aug it's the world's first like user share augmented reality app. I said world. I didn't say like Ohio. That's the world. Facts. (laughs) Yeah. We just, um, we just got featured in Cleveland magazine up here, which is, you know, a nice, um, independent local source, but it's like a major local source. It's like in Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. So that was definitely a good look. And then honestly, right before I was on this and I was just about to share this to my page, we was just on WKYC, which is our local channel three affiliate. Oh, um right. for Sambiner Institute. So like I said, this is a heavy press week for me.
0: Yeah, man. I uh, we going to get into all that cuz I've been peeping, you know, I've been paying attention to all that, man. Um so um if you never listened to the show before, I always start out um uh, the show with this question to my DJ friends, man. Why DJing? <laughs>
1: Okay. So that's a, that's a great question. Um, I got it. I it's okay. I'll tell my full story. I won't tell it too long. I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, so interesting enough why DJing, so like I was a kid and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this cause I'm, I'm pr- quite positive. You was similar that like around high school and, you know, middle school, I was like super into hip hop.
0: Yeah, Like I got into <laughs> hip
1: hop. During N.W.A. days, I was five years old, so I've always been into to hip hop. Um, I used to rap, but I was a bad <laughs> rapper. I was I was not a good rapper at all. That's actually how I got the name Step One. That was my rap name. That was your rap name. Uh, yeah, that was my rap name. It's gonna be MC Step One. I've is- never had the MC <laughs> on my name, but that's funny. <laughs> I wasn't adding the MC, but you know what I mean like yeah, so super in the hip hop, especially super in the underground hip hop. Yes. Um yes. long story short, it's, it's funny because this girl is from Columbus. <laughs> so, is she listening. <laughs> I had a girl that moved up here and I was like heartbroken. Like we broke up and I was heartbroken. And I knew I wanted to be in hip hop. I knew I couldn't rap. So I wanted to make beats. Do you remember Scratch Magazine? I
0: do, absolutely. So uh, to Elliot Wilson, Elliot Wilson, uh, I forget the other dude's name, but yeah, they they ran Scratch Magazine.
1: So Scratch Magazine, every time they would ask producers, "What do you make beats with?" and they always said, "You know, MPC uh, with your uh, SB12 with two technique turntables, right?" Yeah. So I'm like, I looked it up. I'm like, damn, this stuff is expensive. But I kept seeing that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to make beats. All right, let's go with um, some turntables. So I walked into a store up here called The Exchange. I'm not sure if y'all got it down there. I walked into The Exchange, yeah, and The Exchange um, had two terrible belt-driven Newmark (laughs) turntables. (laughs) Uh, The belt drives? (laughs) Yeah, belt drive. So I bought them. And then after that, I pretty much, because of the heartbreak, that made me like practice.
0: Oh man, that's <laughs> women, boy, women to make you do, do, yeah. do some wild shit. Um, how was with you being like a like a, a head at an early age and you know, how was your upbringing? Like, how was the music in the house? Like, you know what I'm saying? Who was who was the, you know, who put you on the music in the house?
1: So that's a that's a great question. Um so my mom listened to a lot of music. My dad grew up with both parents. My dad doesn't is not into his music, but the person that really got me into it was my sister. I got a sister that's 12 years older than me. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I'm 38. She's 50. So she's going around listening to stuff like NWA, Tribe Called Quest, a lot of gangster stuff though, like yeah. Spice One, MCA, DJ Quick all all the the gangster stuff she was listening to. So that's what kind of turned me on. That's why, like, five years old, I'm listening to N.W.A., you know, 1991. When I'm seven, I'm listening to Just Don't Bite It and repeating the words. Like, (laughs) the first tape. Yeah, exactly. Like, I shouldn't be saying this. I bought The Chronic when I was nine. 92. Guaranteed.
0: Yes, sir. So, um... With your, with your sister being like a big influence, was did you have like friends around that was influenced too, or did like did you have like a little crew around that wanted to you know all all, all gotten to hip hop with you at around the same time?
1: No, not at the same time. They came later. So when I was in middle school, there was I mean you probably you probably remember this the two hottest MCs to come out around that ninety seven through ninety nine era and people don't remember this, was DMX, which everybody remember, 98, because when he dropped, when it's darkest, hell it's high, it popped off. But the other one that was like body and stuff was Cannabis. (laughs) Yeah. I knew. Like, I I thought Cannabis was the greatest rapper of all time, easily. He was saying stuff that I couldn't believe. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, my friends got into hip-hop around that time. Where
0: I was before It was already knee deep by yeah, 90, especially by ninety-eight. Yeah. yeah if you already so. was listening to NWA, by the time it got to you know, the Jays and the, the Def Jam run, like you was you was already hip. You was already familiar.
1: Yeah, definitely. What what actually what was your favorite run in hip hop?
0: My favorite run in hip hop, hmm. It's like it's hard to say, right? Cause I like I'm a little bit older than you, about about four years. So and like you said, I've always been ahead. So like that nine that ninety that 88 to about 92 really taught me, you know, the the core basics about hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From Dapper Dan to, Drip
1: out now on Cloud. Oh,
0: <laughs> absolutely. And I listen to the whole thing and I send it to my people's for sure. Like, no bullshit. <laughs> like, um, yeah. You know, that whole, with, you know, the Slick Rick to DJ Quick, you know what I'm saying? That's where, like, I, I'm falling in love. You know, DJ Quick's first album came out in 91. Great Adventures came out in 88. You know, so I'm listening there. Um, you know, Puff, I was a Puff, Puff Daddy fan. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember him. Um him and Big on the Third Eye record and Puff sounding like a Jamaican rapping, and then I'm thinking like, <laughs> like he's a Jamaican, but he, you know, he had the accent and all. And I really don't uh, understand like a, a Ghostwriter what that was back then and all that. But I mean, right? Like your high school years got to be like your favorite years, right? Yeah. <laughs> that so my my high school years it's probably yeah, like you know 95 ish, 98 ish. Like it's probably my favorite.
1: Time. I- I came in after like that death jam resurgence. So like, it's a special heart when, see, now I got questions and this is, this is, <laughs> but it's, it's a podcast. It's supposed to go back yeah. and forth. So like my, I always said like you into the professional football. No, not at all. Okay, yeah, because you're in Columbus. So, (laughs) whenever you know, this is a big Browns town, and I listen to sports radio, and I make the analogy, and this this makes sense because, like, yo, why is he talking about sports right now? There's always these people that call in nationally and say the National Football League is better when the Browns are good, and I never understood that, but then I kind of correlated it to hip hop. New hip hop is better when New York is good. Yes, I agree. I agree. It, it, has a ha- percent. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on top. It just has to be good. The reason why I made me bring up New York, my favorite era is when New York had that second resurgence with the big puns, the DMXs, even though Cannabis yeah. was from Canada. Yeah. You know, Jay-Z, Nas dropping, um, you know, his third, fourth, not your diamonds don't really count, yeah. but Yo you kind of get what I'm saying. That wasn't a good album. In, in hindsight, it had some cuts, but it, was, it wasn't a good album. But when you had that like, New York resurgence after the West Coast, that's the era I came up in, where it was, like, super lyrical. You had, you know, the Ghostface Killers and everything else.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I agree about New York. You know, I always get teased about being New York biased, but that's what I grew up on. I grew up on lyrics, you know, more so than beats. As I got (laughs) older, I realized, like, you know, a lot of New York cast was lyrical miracle, but they couldn't make songs, but you know, yeah. by that time I was Shut. already already stuck on my bars, like your bars. You got to yeah. like cannabis. Like I remember just listening over and over and over, and just trying to learn every cannabis syllable <laughs> to make it. You know, what I'm saying make it make sense. Um, Did you ever want
1: to punch somebody in their chest so hard their shoulders touch?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I want to push somebody. <laughs> I push you so hard to the left that your heart end up on the right side of your chest. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I was, I was barred out like that how how important ra- uh, radio in cleveland seems like to be prevalent way more than columbus uh, at least you know knowing people on the radio and stuff and i know you had your mixes on the radio too and we'll get into that but how important was radio during your high school years or you know what i'm saying just just how it made you hear music and listen to music how important was
1: radio um, so radio, especially during like those formative music years, because high school is your formative music years, was extremely important. Like I remember hearing Drag On spit these bars spit on these
0: bars to make your head shake. To make your head
1: shake. <laughs> yeah, on eighty eight point one, which made me want to be on eighty eight point one. Now, by the time I got to college and got on college radio, um, they were a the top forty station. They was no longer doing hip hop. Nah, Akron yeah. used to be be a, a straight hip hop station. But I'm saying that to say like, yeah, because that's how you would discover music. I would remember um, radio and mixtapes. So I remember um, when the J&I you know, battle happened, I just so happened to be listening to the radio and they play Ether and they brought it back like three or four times and that was like yeah. a big radio event. And it had to be a big radio event everywhere, but like, kid, yeah, that was a big radio event here.
0: So because I'm going to be honest, man, and you, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, like my my best friend is from East Cleveland, he, you know, he from, he from the hood. And the music that he, he loved, like, I just didn't get like I understood it, but I was like, ah, I don't like that. Like, I always felt like Cleveland cats love Houston type raps more than New York type raps. And he loved the little flips. He loved that, he loved that swanging culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I just didn't get it. Like I wasn't in the cars like that. Like it was just women in bars. <laughs> like, that's all I cared about. And um is is that can I can I say like Cleveland is like very influenced by Houston or down south? Oh, Houston? we can have we can have a
1: whole we gonna have an honest conversation, my brother. Um yeah, <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland. Is influenced by hood shit. You kinda of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like absolutely. that's that's just being honest. So like what you're saying is like is Cleveland influenced by Houston. Cleveland is influenced by every single hood in America that starts popping off. Okay. Now, when we came up, you know what I mean? It was a lot of the down south stuff. So you said like the little flips. Um uh, Mike Jones, the yeah. Gucci man.
0: Yeah. I think he you know was from Cleveland when I first heard him. Yeah. All, the, all yeah. my Cleveland friends talked about
1: him. It was a story where Mike Jones came here, right, to Peabody's. It was a spot up here. He didn't know the show was going to be that packed. He had undercharged himself. He ended up talking to the promoter, like, yo, I need more money or I'm not going on. Even though he signed the contract because he wasn't expecting it to be like this. Yeah, because he—I'm pretty sure he thought it was like going to be like, yo, it might be like 200 people there. The show was packed. We've always gravitated towards those quote-unquote quote hood artists, so that's why you know when you say people like Little Flip and because um, I can do that it was all over our our radio, <laughs> yeah. like all over our radio. Like we have a very. We just, that's just what the urban community of Cleveland wants. They want the most hooded shit ever possible. Okay.
0: And like, you know, in Columbus, I always felt like they were a little bit more by like, obviously you had your people that like the hood shit or whatever, but I felt like my circle, we all like, you know, the lyrical miracle East coast shit. And you know that they were, we were very influenced more so by New York than any other city or, um, you know, region out. So, I, I just always wonder why Cleveland was that way and why my best friend used to bump little flipping like so crazy.
1: <laughs> so the interesting part, and this is something because I've thought about this is something that we talked about. I think it's because where Cleveland has one, like Cleveland one is segregated. Ohio is segregated mostly, but Cleveland is really segregated. But in Columbus, you get a melting pot of people because you have one of the biggest colleges in the country. Absolutely. So you get in people coming from New York, coming to Columbus. You got people coming from the South. You got people coming from the West Coast and stuff like that. And it's been like that since probably the inception of hip-hop yes. where people aren't coming here or not that many people are coming here to go to Cleveland State or to go to to University of Akron. Like, we don't have a big college here. This is not a place where you come to you know, educate yourself or or work. So, that's the best thing about Columbus is is you get these melting pot of people, which means that your music variety and your music intelligence has to be deeper.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because, like, even though y'all got the sports teams, y'all don't have the college infrastructure as, say, Columbus does because we got a bunch of colleges here and, obviously, Ohio State. Um, How important was, like, tv to you it was like like you're on tv raps or you know rap city or just bet period was did y'all have like a even a local that played um local joints like yeah okay how, how i important remember was that <laughs> how important was that to you like was you the kid to rush home to you know make sure you watched
1: <laughs> it was it was at one point it was trl at three o'clock facts. It was um, Carson Daly. That's how you get yeah. <laughs> ball with the ball the bang. You know what I mean? Like listening to that So I, how I got into corn feeling like because you be like you're not supposed to as black people we not supposed to quote unquote like the music we created. Word, so you word. kind of be feeling ashamed like damn I'm listening to corn right now but this shit hard but at least I'm by myself especially because yeah. in high school you're so influenced by everything. Absolutely. Um, so it was that, then it was straight to um Rap City and I was watching Rap City before it turned into the basement yeah, 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 Joe yeah but, like people always talk about, so Joe Tigger I remember Big Les and Joe Claire Big Les, Joe Claire, they
0: used to be outside they used to go to people's hoods and all that shit
1: like, yeah, um, Saturday morning after a little bit of cartoons you would watch the Rap City 10 countdown
0: man, how uh, are you taking me back yeah. So, so, obviously, that had a big influence. What was the first piece of music that you bought with your own m- money?
1: The Chronic. That was with my allowance. Um, the <laughs> Chronic, and then I bought Brandy's, whatever Brandy's first CD is. I forgot the name of it.
0: The Chronic? So, shit, buying the Chronic, that's that's 92. Like, did your parents have to buy that shit for you? Because I know that. Yeah, mom.
1: My mother, the my father.
0: Master.
1: Yeah, my mother didn't care. If my father knew what she was buying, he would have been pissed. But my father, <laughs> my mother didn't care. My mother was like, "You want it, baby? We gonna go get it." So we right. went to Coconuts and Southgate, and I bought that. And then I bought um, Onyx, um, single. Slam. Yeah, slam. Yeah, yeah, with my own money. Yeah, at Tower yeah. City. Classic, classic.
0: Quick question, man. This ain't, this is This, this is just, I, I want to get your honest opinion. Doggy style or The Chronic? Which album is
1: better. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. Uh, I'm gonna go with The Chronic. Mm, I okay. think, I think, I think The Chronic, the thing is with The Chronic is. I listen to The Chronic more now than I listen to Doggy style. I think Doggy style was more, I can't even say it was more impactful at, at the moment. They both was like super impactful. Yeah. Um, but I will find myself listening to The Chronic more than Doggy Style.
0: Okay, okay. I, I, you a Doggy I, Style? You seem like... I think Doggy Style is the greatest hip-hop album that ever came out in history, personally. You think that over Illmatic? I'll take Doggy Style over Illmatic any day of the week.
1: We gotta take your New York car back, bro. I know, man.
0: I, I definitely let Nas down, you know what I'm saying? Traveling. Nas yeah. Nas down. Um, What was the... Th- so... Was buying the 12s, the well the, not the 12s, but the, the, <laughs> the belt <Newmark>. drive joints. <laughs> was that the first piece of equipment you bought?
1: That was the first piece of equipment I bought. I bought it was a full set. It had the Newmark mixer with the Newmark bell drive turntables.
0: So did you know any other DJs? Like was like homeboy up the street or nope? Damn.
1: Nope. So you was I the emailed first thing
0: in, in your hood with
1: like <laughs> yeah I emailed McBoogie. Who was a DJ up Shout here? Have
0: to make boogie,
1: man. And he was like, "Yo, maybe Joey Fingers can help you." I emailed Joey Fingers. He was like, "He, you know, they was all cool." I understand what they were saying now. Like, yo, we we probably get these emails all the time. Like, I can't just help yeah. you out. I emailed them, um, and then basically what ended up happening, and you end up meeting them. I was completely terrible, technically terrible, like really bad because I had no basis. I was trying to read a book, and this is before YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I got mine in 03. This is even before Google video kids before YouTube. There was a thing called Google video. Um, <laughs> I <have> no clue. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to read a book to learn. And then this, I could ask the second part of this I'll save for later in the conversation if it come up, <laughs> but yeah, what ended up happening is I ended up getting with my dude, Cam and Cam had an older brother, who was DJing at the time, and his older brother taught him, so he kind of taught me, like, yo, this is how you kind of line up the beats. And this is all on vinyl. This is before oh, so All
0: on oh, vinyl. Yeah. So, uh, for how the How most- is your, how's your... My bad. How is your vinyl collection now?
1: Uh, my vinyl collection is, is terrible. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Honestly, I still have vinyl. I used to be... Um, I used to have a... I used to have a mix show way before I probably should have had a mix show on WFXA in Augusta, Georgia. So, oh, shit. So yeah. it was syndicated? So be, it wasn't syndicated. It was, it was, I wasn't in Cleveland. This was back in, like, 07 or 06. Okay, okay. So I got my timetables in 03, but I didn't really, like, embark on a DJ career until oh four, And then I got that mix show. Um... Because in the South, I guess at that time, they would just have mix show after mix show after mix show after mix show. So I just so happened to get like an hour or two hour mix show. Um, And it's hard being a new DJ, having a mix show in a market that you never had. But yeah, I used to get like vinyl sent to me. So I got a whole bunch of stuff like singles and stuff that was like, it'd be like, you know, Trina featuring Webby. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, this song definitely didn't pop off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like some super unknown artist, like Chord Boy featuring, <laughs> you know, <Ram> Shack
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's funny. So, um, all right. So you lived in Augusta, then you just came back to Cleveland, and that's when you—I didn't. Race? No,
1: <laughs> I lived in Akron. <laughs> I was sitting my mixes. I was recording my mixes oh, in college. Shit sending them to Augusta, Georgia. And I think I got fired within, like, four or five months. Yeah. They, because, they won't yeah because it was, one, you don't know the climate of that city because you're not there. So my dude would be like, yo, Jupiter Shuffle's going down here. All right. But that that, that ain't no mix show song. Nah, I just played, yeah, put it man. in there. And then the record reps would be like, yo, can you fit this in? Because, you know, he's trying to get their bread. Yeah. So... They be up here like playing. I was to some, some song called Bean Pop. No. And my dude, the PD hit me. I'm like, yo, hey, you put Bean Pop in your mix. Don't put that in the mix no more. Nobody knows that song. Was but I'm thinking like the dude from Def Jam told me to play Bean Pop. So I should probably <laughs> play Bean Pop because he worked for Def Jam. <laughs> I think the final straw was we had like a. Uh, I did a fucking mix. Like it was like. Want. Man, I was in there playing poison. This is how we do it. And it's like, this is the, you know, the supposed to be the not the adult contemporary station, but the, yeah. you know, the new music station. So I'm up here close. And they was like, yo, you killed it. Don't do that shit no more because you, you're not going to be down here no more. So
0: Damn. that was it. D- does, I know you've been a, been a couple places. Does Cleveland DJs do they have a certain style that is that separates them from Columbus DJs, in your opinion?
1: Does it separate them? I mean, Cleveland DJs got a style. It depends on what era you at. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like Cleveland DJs historically have always been super nice, technically. Um, like if you like OG, OG like Scratch Master L. He competed in the the DMCs. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this. Bex DJ, DJ Swamp, okay. is from Cleveland. Like, Damn, I yeah, know he's that. from he's from yeah he's from Cleveland. Beck's DJ, he was <laughs> he was um, he ended up making it to like far in the DMC battles. Um, wow. DJ Chicago, super nice technically. DJ yeah, yeah. Chicago, I heard that like name a lot. Worth, I yeah, his name he, a lot. He, he sounds like he's worth, like it's like a production recording. And he's just regularly out. That's just how he spins. Um, Now the landscape and DJing, I think everywhere is so different that I don't know. I think that y'all DJs are more, from what I could tell, are more set driven, which is actually really dope. So it's yeah. like, yo, come experience my set. Like, I'm going to play some stuff you don't know. I'm going to play some stuff that you... Do know I'm gonna mix in some samples and stuff like that? Like, it's going to be more of an experience.
0: Yeah,
1: where here now, we're more. I'm like, yo, if the crowd want to hear polka, I'm trying to play polka. Yeah, like I'm not trying to force my musical taste on the crowd.
0: Okay, and I think I I thought about that before, like when I was in England, like it's a little bit different.
1: I think the thing is this, um, because like I said, that kind of goes back to that, like. Columbus is a melting pot of people and it's a higher education level here. So what happens is people are more forgiving or I don't want to say forgiving, but they're like, y'all, I would appreciate music. I just want to hear what you do. Where here it's like, motherfucker, you better play some shit. I'm going to move to. Yeah.
0: I was going to say like every time I partied in Cleveland or just been out and about, I felt like, it was just club records. like <laughs> It was just club records. Like, nigga, I don't want to hear nothing else but club records. Oh, you know, the whole night, just bangers, just all the bangers. It ain't no album cuts. It ain't going to be no crazy super blends. It's just going to be like, we just going to play the bangers. And, you know, I mean, I enjoy that, too. Um, But I think, you know, I'm just so used to a, a certain style of hearing music. So it's like, uh, like, damn, but y'all, y'all don't bring the crowd down. Like, y'all just go straight <laughs> <laughs> to the top and stay there.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is this. Um, I think that now people are starting to do that. But then, like, the club scene is starting to suffer. Because what happens is, like, and I'm not sure if it's like this in Columbus. There's to a certain point where it's like, yo, these people do want to hear some shit they at least know. You kind of get what I'm saying, like you can't be up here, like yo. I found this off of SoundCloud. It's a Kaitenada remix of, you know, the Whopper song. Yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying, and then yeah. people is like, yo, what the fuck is you playing? You kind of get what I'm saying, like I think that's kind of infiltrated here to the point where our nightlife has suffered. Uh,
0: so let's let's uh, let's go back in time a little bit. The uh, the oh arson- wait wait real
1: quick. Go ahead. Because I, I'm gonna say se- I'm gonna segue you naturally, but what you said about album cuts—that's actually how Potluck got created. Because me, yeah, K. Nice actually, it, it started with the fact, and K. Nice started it. I came in two parties later, um, but we both had the same similar musical tastes. We both New York lyrical miracle type dudes, and it was a party that was different from every other. Because you come here, you know, everything is like tear the club up nigga yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean (laughs) so we decided yo let's do a party that um or he decided i joined to do a party that was just like yo here go some album cut here go that jay-z song show you how to do this oh shit we playing you kind of get what i'm saying like yo play that yep
0: um shout out to my home girl ainsley she's the one that put us on about potluck and she i mean she knew what type of music is like i liked and you know the influence that I had. so she was always like yo need to come see my boys they get busy i'm telling you i have a good time and it was like all right like that should sound like sound like my type of party you know what i'm saying so with with potluck i just remember like people felt like they were partying judgment free and no matter what record y'all play whether it was um Get high like, I'ma get high like planes, like those type of records. Like I'm like, oh shit, like they rocking a this. This is the type of shit that I like, like, and I enjoy that type of party. But it felt like, you know, not even due to the the, the compare and contrast thing, but like when I went to an eighty eighty one party, it was like, you know, like you said, tear the club up type shit. And then when I went to y'all party, it felt like a whole different world. And I'm like, damn, like. You know, obviously, I gravitated towards like the varsity squad type shit, like because that's what I like personally. But did it separate Cleveland? Did that? Did y'all party separate yeah. Cleveland or give people like, all right, yeah, we really do fuck with this lyrical miracles? Did?
1: When you, what you mean by separate? Did it have like,
0: like did the hood we, niggas come
1: out to y'all shit too, or did they towards like, towards the end? Yeah, and they didn't get it, and that kind of messed up the party because okay. the party when the party first started. Like it probably went through so many different iterations. Like when it first started, it was like we was playing shit like Cool Kids, Black Max. <laughs> yeah. You of get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, this is not. Yeah, it felt so like the blog
0: was, era, right? Y'all was playing like the yeah. blog era records.
1: We was playing, we was playing everything, but it was like, yo, you could put on blog era rap, could go on at that party and not go on at ten o'clock, but like go on at twelve, and people, like, oh but then we had that old school element like we always played poison we always played mm-hmm. like Rick james and stuff like that we always played like some of the older club hits like back that ass up and stuff like that but then like you could play something like whoa like camp lolochini used to to go off um and then as the party went on it it kind of evolved it was always his best in my opinion at B side but as far as to answer your question um yeah i mean it was segmented so like Eighty eighty one was ha, always had like that crowd. Like they, yeah. they, their parties were always packed because it was yeah. more of a commercial type party. It's almost like if somebody, this, this is a weird comparison. They're if they were rappers, they was Jay Z. They're going to get everybody. We're Nas. Yeah. We're going to get you know the people that's like yo, I'm super into hip hop. So <laughs> yeah. they yeah. got everybody. We got the the Nas's because we. You know, I think, I know up here, we did an R&B party first. Mm. Like, now R&B parties is everything. Like, off the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. was an R&B party. Because it was like, yo, nobody's playing R&B. And if they do, it's like nothing but, like, the slow jams.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a
1: whole <laughs> thing of R&B that, that can be played. But, yeah, like, we, um, it. I mean, it, it didn't, like, it's segmented. It's just... We was just that different. We was that outlet for people that like us. Yeah. To be honest, that enjoy going out, but didn't go out as much because we didn't want to always hear like "nigga fuck you, nigga, <laughs> yeah, man, bitch, you getting stabbed." Yeah, I, not saying and not I'm not saying that they parties wasn't violent or anything like nah, that. I'm just nah, saying like the music, that was
0: just the environment. Like I, I like I've been to their parties and they was just. It was turn up before turn up was a turn up <laughs> thing you know, yeah. <laughs> and they was tur- they was always turned up, and their parties was always dope, it was fun. It's just musically I like you know you know, I just gravitated towards the potluck type thing um what's gonna happen is we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get right back to it
1: thats you you gotta give them credit oh. let's go. The thing about 8081 that you got to give them credit for, 8081 brought a lot of polish to Cleveland. Like, oh, they man, made yeah. people dress better. Like, they partially made people dress better. It just polished up the city. Like, the city wasn't as polished before 8081. That's facts. Yeah. I um,
0: I, I can't I, say. <laughs> the funniest thing I remember about 8081, especially back in the day, um, was, like, they always wore polo shirts, and they always had them buttoned up all the way to the top, and I just thought that was like a Cleveland thing. But that's, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but that's what I I remember, like style wise, and obviously, again, my yeah, my best friend, he from East Cleveland, so he all he always used to wear sunglasses in the club, and I used to be like, is that a Cleveland just, thing? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, technically, we're gonna get into some nerd shit. First of all, what kind of um, equipment do you have now? Because I think it's important.
1: Um, I got a Rain MK12, a Rem AK, a Rain MK12 II. I got the Big Boy Pioneer S11, mm. and I got another Rain MK1. Okay,
0: how do you feel? Because this is an ongoing debate on needle to the groove controllers versus techniques or twelves. Period. Any type of twelves.
1: Okay. So I knew this question was going to come up and (laughs) I'm going to answer as honestly as possible. Um, at the school, we don't have a controller. We got, um, CDJs and we got techniques and we got rain things is this is what I'll say. And this can spark like a long conversation. If you just want to DJ a party Throwing, if you could do it from your phone, do it from your phone. You kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. If we want to keep the culture of DJing progressing, then at the very least, if it's a controller, try to get one where the platter spin. If not, at least try to get a professional controller. Like if you come with the controller that, you know, you could easily just that does not mean that you can't do anything dope out of it. That does not mean that you can't rock a party. But when you come with a controller that you spent you know, 200 something dollars on and you you know, it's got the little spin thing, little like um, panel or platters. Yeah, and, platters you know, that you don't get, rotate. <laughs> yeah, the platters that don't rotate and everything else. What happens is, and what I'm noticing is, is that that devalues the art of DJing. At the end of the day, most people just want to hear their favorite song at a yes. party. Yes. Like, yo, I came here to hear, you know, Beyonce, cuff it. I'm And I always want to dance. So you can use the controller for that. I have no problem with the controller. Where I do have a problem with the controller is, though, it's what starts to happen is and this is what I mean by devalue the art of DJing. Now, promoters, club owners will go get somebody. Man, I could. De- they gonna charge how much? I could do that. Yeah, man. <laughs> now nah, he got a, a club like a promote. You know, what I mean, now he go in and grab his boy. His boy is doing it with the controller, and it's like, damn, bro. Like, and you starting to see, like, at least here, because this is a debate in Cleveland the DJ skill level has went significantly down. I agree. And, and the parties are suffering because of that. Like people are not, we've had P perspective students come and was like, yo, I go out and it's, it's terrible. up so, because the thing with the controller is, and the sync button is you just put it on and then you think you mix it. And then when the sync <laughs> button don't work, and all this other stuff, like people hear that and that makes them not want to go out only if it's on a special occasion. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is this, and this is what I would tell any prospective DJ, your technical skills, as much as people try to devalue technical skills, if you go on Instagram right now, all the DJs with the most followers in their account have technical skills. Yeah. <laughs> on average. If you go mm-hmm. in there and be like, yo, this dude rock a whole bunch of parties or whatever, He might have X amount of followers, but the dude that can scratch his ass off, get busy. He has that can get busy. He has followers from everywhere because everybody wants to hear that. It's aesthetically more pleasing to your ear to hear somebody that can really get busy. So then you ask yourself, can I get busy on this controller? If you have a rain one, yes, you can get busy on that controller. If you have a pioneer DD, Day Rev 7, I think it is. Yeah. Real you can 7. get busy on that controller. <clears throat> that does not mean you can't rock a party. Because somebody can be like, yo, I could rock a party better than you with my controller. You're probably right. I'm not discounting you. You will yeah. probably beat my ass all over that party. But when it comes to that technical and getting that all right right and getting into that level, I'm going to beat you because I have at least a small level of technical skill.
0: Yeah. All right. So, and I love asking veteran DJs this question as a new DJ myself. And I don't even really, I feel like a DJ is like a title you earn, you know, you know how, and I just think about rap, like nigga write two, three raps and now he a rapper. Like, nah, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. and I have a rain one. I love it. I love it to death. It's, um, I'm so happy I bought it. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's and a I professional have, controller.
0: I had the, uh, a DDJ, um, the the first DDJ, and the the platter didn't spin on air, but it was a learning curve, and I did do a couple spots with it, but I realized like, oh, once I got the Rain One, like oh, that was a piece of shit, you know what I'm saying? No knock to people that use it, that can use it, that you know, it's really quick for you to get, you know, unpack and everything, but I love this Rain One. Um, I practice, I want to say I practice every day. I don't practice every day, but I practice as much as I can. I still respect the art of DJing. And now that I'm a new DJ, I am definitely getting the, the looks, the the judgments, because I'm not like a seasoned DJ. But the fact that I do a DJ podcast lets niggas know, like, yeah, I know my shit. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of... It's, I'm in a weird space, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm doing something to benefit DJs because I can highlight y'all on my platform. But I'm also DJing and y'all think I'm trying to take money from y'all getting into these spots. And it's not the case at all. It's just like, you know, something I picked up over the pandemic after being laid off from work. And I always love music anyway. And everybody know me as the music nigga. So it's like, that's an easy transition. Uh, you rather me be a a forty three year old DJ than a forty three year old rapper? You know what I am saying.
1: You you want you want my you want the controversial statement? Yes. Uh, two things. One, DJing is a side hustle. For very few of us, it's a career. So, like you can sit there and say somebody's taking money out your pocket, but it may taking. You should probably have a main job as a DJ. Like seriously, <laughs> like I DJ. Before, um, from like 2008 to 2014, I was nothing but a DJ and a videographer. Like I was just a straight hustle man, DJ and videographer, booking, booking gig, gig. That is not a way to live life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, period. You're the first honest person to say that on on the show. Like nobody said that on the show.
1: <laughs> that is crazy like, to hear. It's not, and I like don't get it, don't get it twisted. It wasn't like I was like, yo, I do this for hundred dollars. Like, no, I was getting paid, but you don't have benefits. You don't have a 401k. <laughs>
0: That's offending. <laughs>
1: it becomes hard to prove your income when you're trying to get a car. Yes. Like, the bank is looking at you like, you. okay, so what happens if the club closes down? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just go to another club. Well, what if they don't want to book you? Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, basics.
1: <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, You'll actually be a better DJ if you keep your fucking job, to be real, because you can get equipment and you value, you'll value your time more. Yeah. So the thing, the thing is this. Um, so for anybody like, yo, kind of looking at you like, yo, oh, uh, man, you taking money out your pocket. Like, you should probably, DJ should not be your main pocket. If DJ, <laughs> yeah, you have to be at a very certain level, at a very high level, to maintain it, like I said, I was DJing at a very high level, and that shit was fucking stressful <laughs> because yeah. I I can't tell the fucking light man that the promoter ran out the back door. Right, right, like you can't be like, yo, hey, so look, I got you. This dude, nigga, I had. If you, there's two things, two things that that um I've been saying. If you were a DJ you're probably at one point going to get stepped on money and you're going to be salty about it. Yeah. Be- because as a promoter, promoters is, is some of the craziest people on earth. They janky. And they'll man. do. <laughs> yeah, they janky. I didn't have, this nigga's in hidden vents and like, like on some Mission Impossible stuff. Yeah. Hiding in the vent in the club. Like, yo, bro, you got to go to the ATM. You kind of get what I'm saying? And the second thing is, and this this is a side note. We we just recently had this conversation, and I was because we did a DJ roundtable, and I purposely put this question in there because I tried to be as transparent as possible. Um, Because and DJ doesn't have a lot of transparency because Not we're a, supposed to be the cool people. You get what I'm saying? So everybody's like too cool. So I was like, Yo, what's your worst bomb? Yep, and, I was gonna and, ask you that. <laughs> yeah, like. If you, if you, well, i answer the question and i give my yeah, thesis yeah, and then I answer the question. If you never bombed as a DJ, you have not been DJing long enough or you've never rocked a party. You've never actually seen what it's like to be rocking at a party when you was DJing. So I, if you do 20 gigs, you're going to bomb a couple of them. You might not bomb all of them, yeah. but you're going to bomb at least two or three. That's just the nature of the game. My worst bomb was um, damn, I was in um, I was in, in Kent State, right? And it was a college party, and I used mm. to DJ a lot of college parties, and then I stopped. That's how I got my name out there, DJing college parties, and I was more or less like in the twenty-one and up clubs, the ones that give you like a more notoriety. Yeah. But a frat had booked me for. Uh, 21 and up i mean for an 18 and up party so i'm like all right cool i was free so i went um started doing the gig and the thing is like music comes from the ground up like yeah. popularity wise yeah. so if right now if we rock into like glorilla tomorrow too right yeah the youngins then had that for the past couple of months and they go into something completely different. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different because music is the state of like club music is not very good. Yeah. But back then, you know what I mean? Like, so if something was coming up, as you get older, you miss it. You're not like think about the time you heard about like NBA Youngboy. They already then fucking mm-hmm. went through this whole catalog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm DJing at a college party and I had hadn't been used to these in a cos party. And nobody was moving. And then, like, all of a sudden, I hear a loud one, boo, super loud, super loud boo, right? I look over, and it's a girl sitting on the floor, Indian style, in protest. I'm like, damn, am I fucking shit up right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the funny part because it was a frat party, the frat is over in the corner doing all like the stepping and stuff. So they're having a great time by themselves. They come like, yo, can you go like 30 minutes longer? Like, <laughs> no, bro. You don't see everybody else is fucking waiting for me to get off this stage. Yeah. I can't wait to go home, go home and get the fuck out of here. I'm. This is terrible.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, um, shout out to DJ Byrne. I know you rock with DJ Burn. Um, you know, we, we we was talking about that. And he asked me that question, like, and I'm like, should I feel like I bomb every time because I, you know, I haven't DJed enough, you know, and that's just transparency. I haven't DJed enough where I've rocked the crowd yet. I, mm-hmm. I, know, I know how to play music. Like, yeah, I know, you know, I know all the, you know, I'm practicing my blends. Like, that's very, very important to me. Um, I know. I know how to play the music, but I haven't, You know, had the dance floor going crazy yet. And I'm still trying to get there. And I'm not scared to admit that. You know what I'm saying? I've only been doing it seriously for about less than a year. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm trying to get there where I got the crowd rocking. I got a gig tonight uh, with my boy DJ Dane. And, um, you know, and that's my goal tonight. And I'll always take advice from, from seasoned DJs. Like, I'm never like, ah, nigga, I got this. I got this. I'm like, Yo, like DJ Mr. King, shout out to Akron. You know, he's like, nigga, play them records faster. Like, why you let why you letting the third verse come on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. Like, get in and out of the records, bro. Like, that's why you gotta pay attention what you're doing. Put your phone down, fucking pay attention, get into these records, bro. Like, don't, you know what I'm saying? And shit like that. Um I I just think it's it's important to know, like other DJs have bomb. But what's it like being in a zone? What's it like when you know you got the party and like nigga, you can beatbox and motherfuckers
1: to go nuts. Like that's that's the best. That's the best. Like because when you can, because when you're in the zone, that's when you really can play some shit that you're not supposed to be playing, and people will go crazy to it. So you know what I mean. Like you could sneak in like a rock record. Mm-hmm. or you can you can play something like yo i'm in this like urban party or, or i'm at this type of event or i'm at an r&b party and i'm gonna throw in like a deep cut r&b thing and even if they don't know it they still just so much in the vibe dancing that they'll just keep moving to it so like yeah when you're in the zone and you keep hitting them with record after record and you hearing that crowd go oh 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 it's like you know, what I mean, it's like Steph Curry when he get hot. We call it shooting threes. You just nothing but them threes going in, baby. You you feel great.
0: Now, as, now, as a, as a season DJ and you, I know I've been, I've been, at, like I said, I've been at potluck when I've seen y'all getting busy. Um, you, you mentioned something and I want to elaborate a little bit on that. You said I could throw on a rock record. Like, how important is it for you? to know different genres of music, like Afrobeat, to, you know, R&B to, you know, a little bit of rock that makes sense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Obviously you can play the underground shout out to the depth dandrip, you know what I'm saying? To the pop records. Like how is important? How important is it to you to know these different genres?
1: I mean, it's, it's super important, especially because like as a DJ, you're, you're just like the ultimate music fan. Like that's because ultimately the star is the music. So, you know, unless you about to go up there and like make records that people automatically dance to, will you be the first person on earth to ever do that, um, you make a record right there and they automatically start moving. Like, nah, you're the ultimate music fan. So the thing is like, and we're, we're not slaves to the crowd but we do owe them somewhat of a service. So if you go to a, a, a party or a club and you can tell there's a whole bunch of people that want to hear Taylor Swift, you should probably know anti-hero. <laughs> yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying? You should at least know what it is. You might not know. It might not be a record. It might not be everything, but you should at least know, Hey, I can play anti-hero and this will work. I know that this weekend song works better with this type of crowd than this weekend song. Um, it's important because you never know. You never know what type of crowds you're going to get. So even when we talk about Orange Soda, when I did Orange Soda, um, the first part did not, like my first 20 minutes didn't go well because I was playing like the, the turn up type shit. But then when I started getting into like the R&B, it kind of mm-hmm. saved my set. Yeah.
0: Because...
1: I'm looking at the crowd now, like, oh, okay, let me play a little bit of this. Oh, okay. As I'm playing this, they're starting to enjoy it more. Um, but if you don't know music, sometimes you'll just stick with the turn up, like, oh man, they don't want to hear this. No oh, man, they don't want to <laughs> hear this, man. This crowd <laughs> tripping. They, they like
0: how like how did you develop reading in the room, which I am learning like you know this is a this is a lesson for me you know what i'm saying when i ask these questions like when did you oh. learn and how did you learn to read a room like all right like you said like the the fraternity niggas is over there rocking but this crowd over here you know <laughs> it was nothing
1: i could do with that party i couldn't read it.
0: <laughs> but do do you pay attention like all right i'm going to focus on them girls right there to get them moving because
1: Okay, that's a good question. Oh, I like this question. All right, so I have what's called DJ PTSD. And that's because <laughs> I used to have promoters in my ear. It could be everybody in the crowd. Like, I'm ripping my hair out. This shit is amazing. Ah, and it, a promoter come up to me like, it's three girls in the back not dancing, man. What's wrong with you? So I internalize that when I shouldn't have. It. Yeah. The way The way I read the crowd is like this. One, you have to classify your records. So everybody classifies their records as like heat. You kind of get what I'm saying? Like you have a heat pile and then you have like a filler crowd. Always do that. One of the things, the first thing I did when, especially when you know what type of crowd you have, is records should line up like A, B, C in your mind. Meaning when I put this A record on, they're going to go, they're going to like that more than this B and C record. So how can I bridge the gap to get to that next A record? Because if I if it's seven A records, I can't play seven of them in a row because that might be only, you know, 14, 15 minutes worth of music. I still have another once the party get packed, I still have another two hours to go. Yeah. So that's the thing is, so how do I go to reading that? Usually what happens with me is I'll start chewing on, i start off with what I think the crowd wants to hear. So I'm doing my normal set. So I'm at like a spot tonight. I've been at Rebar every Saturday. Shout out to Rachel from Rebar. It's a, it's a damn near different crowd in there every Saturday. You kind of mm. get what I'm saying? So, mm. which is dope. That's cause fun. I get to play. That's fun. Yeah. Cause you get to be creative. So, yeah. So, I'll start off being, like, not at 10 o'clock, but the people usually come in there early. I might start off playing, like, some house music or something like that. I'm gauging to see what the crowd reacts the most to. So, I might hit them with, if it's, let's just say, house music. Okay, they didn't really react to that. Yeah. Let me see what 90s R&B does. Okay, that that was a little bit. Oh, I'm in the 2000s R&B pocket. So now that that segmented to me, when I can see people, and it, they don't have to be dancing, but if you see people Catching doing this the... in their chair and bobbing their head, it's time to go get them, right? Yeah, it's time. Okay, I know this segment of music is going to get them up, at least. <laughs> okay, this is this is where technical skill comes in. This is why early in the night blends is so important mm. because it creates that flow. The flow of the night, this is all stuff we teach our students. The flow of the night is, should be a wave up till it hits the peak, then you should wave down. You shouldn't go straight up. shouldn't go straight down. It shouldn't be peaks and valleys. It should be a nice little wave up. So, if I notice that you're bobbing to 2000s R&B, I'm also quite clear. You're going to probably like 2000s hip hop. Mm. So now, as we go, and I'm adding elements of that into it. Let am doing this
0: record real quick to see what it do. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Now I can I can keep going a little bit more and
1: just. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna keep riding that way. I call it DJing in pockets. So if you to get a crowd up. You know, it's records that you can get a crowd up, like your warm up music and stuff like that. I believe that the best warm up music, you should usually start at about 90 BPMs and up. Obviously, give or take, it's not a hard set rule. It's not, yeah. man, that's 80. No, don't play that. But like yeah. 90 BPMs and up is where you want to be at. And you want to be consistently blending the music so it can keep constantly being like, yeah. oh, okay, to create the vibe.
0: My, like, um, with my guy DJ Damon, DJ Dame is like, I, I don't know if you know him, but he's somebody that's cut from our same cloth. Um, he gets, technically he gets busy. Like,
1: I think I, I think he tried to be like, um, he did the, uh, the Benny, the butcher DJ challenge thing. Yeah. I think I saw the video. Yeah. He, yeah. He's super nice.
0: Yeah. No, nah, that's what I'm rocking with tonight. He's like, uh, you know, he's somebody that works with me and helps me practice. Cause, uh, complaining about my uh, crossfader on my rain one because he's like ah it ain't sharp enough like we gotta we gotta fix your crossfader yeah. like, like I don't um, know why it's not sh- yeah I don't know like I ain't know, even know what that meant but he's like it's not sharp enough he's like I gotta take a look at that like uh because I'm using my rain one and I um
1: you know what they mean now right yeah 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 like okay for, for oh, but
0: when he first said it i was like what do you mean it's not sharp enough you can turn it make it he was like nah it's not sharp enough like <laughs> so mm-hmm. um tonight i'm gonna start with like my my opener because we'll probably go i'll do 9 to 10 he'd do 10 to 11 i do 11 to 12 and he'd do 12 to 1 or you know some order like that but i'm gonna start off with like a r&b set over hip-hop beats that's that's how i know i'm gonna start off and see if i can because i don't know what type of crowd is going to be in there you know i'm saying it's more so like uh like an invite type shit we invite people to come Mm -hmm. out so um i know what my friends like so i'm just trying to play for them but i always was curious how different djs read the crowd and how how they learn um but you said something important in um I think it's time we touch on that. You said you teach your students um, wave. So talk about the Soundbenders Institute and how that came about because that is very important.
1: Okay, so Soundbender Institute is me, DJ K Nice. We um, have an institute here in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure it's the only DJ school in Ohio. I'm not positive about that, but I I I know it's the one. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's one. It's not the only one in Cleveland. And basically, what it is is teaching the art of DJing. So we teach it through the four pillars, um, equipment, song sourcing, mixing and scratching. Um, All those are important. Obviously, like you just mentioned, the thing is, you'll be shocked how many people that have been doing gigs for two or three years and they still don't know what this button does on their controller or mixer. And it's not a shot. It's just there's nobody there to teach. Or you could try to watch, you can watch a YouTube video on DJing, but that's not going to it will help you, it's not going to completely teach you. Yes. Um, the thing I always say is, and this is the plain complaint I hear from people, because we all kind of stop. Like we all kind of say, all right, yo, you know, it's time for the next generation. A lot of complaints we hear is that these new DJs aren't, you know, they're they're some of them are okay technically but they have no concern about the crowd. They want to show their musical intelligence. Like, I know music. <laughs> yep. Y'all need to listen to this. Um, so it was just making sure that Cleveland, and Ohio, for that matter, keeps that same high level of DJing. So when you know you mentioned like a DJ Beck or Scratchmaster L, and um, all these DJs that have competed technically at high levels, we want to keep that going. Because I was just talking to... Um, my, this dude his name is Johnny O and Johnny O um, was like a DJ he started back in 1975 Jeez, so nice. super long time ago and he was telling me he told me I got part of the story wrong but for the most part it was right he when AJ Scratch came in the show AJ Scratch was Curtis Both DJ yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Bud McFarlane battled him and this is Bud McFarlane is a Cleveland DJ legend and Bug and Farland was like, yo, I'll battle you for your glasses and I'll put up a thousand dollars. Johnny O. told me it probably wasn't a thousand dollars. He's like, bro, you say exaggerate, but I'll put up a thousand dollars and I'll go first. So he started cutting up on the turntables and AJ Sprash just took off his glasses, put them on the thing. Cause he knew he couldn't, it was nothing. He knew he was gonna lose. He knew it's good. So trying to keep that level of DJing going. You kinda of get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you have to be like Scratchmaster L or something like that, but we wanna we wanna progress the art or keep the art at the level. Like at the end of the day, like let put it like this, right? There's like a whole bunch of celebrity DJs. Like, remember Paris Hilton was DJing? I mean, Paris, like DJing I because, because
0: was DJing nigga, like yeah. I remember all the like I hated that wave so much.
1: Yeah, and it's because people don't really respect the art. It's like, yo, always tell people, you don't want somebody to come to your set or come hear you and be like, man, I could do that. They should come and be like, how is he doing that? Or how is she doing that?
0: Yeah,
1: And that's what we want to keep it at. Like, yo, because I don't know how the fuck you doing that. You kind of get what I'm saying? Like, that's what we want to keep it at. So when you Think think about like not no disrespect, but think about like Ti and like yo he rapped he was a great rapper. He <laughs> tried to do comedy, yeah, comedy career, <laughs> yeah. But if Ti was yeah, if Ti was like yo, I'm gonna be a DJ. There's no gatekeeping. He would just become a DJ. He would be getting booked, and he would be not rocking parties, and people would like still Kuali. be going. I love
0: Quali, but you know niggas was booking Quali as a DJ, and I was like.
1: All right. Can he DJ? Yeah, he's like he but he I, I, I said DJ, but is he nice?
0: That's the
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Because exactly. And he I think he said it. He was like, yo, I think I would listen to him with Jazzy Jeff. Like, I'm a DJ, but he's more of a song selector. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to keep that like going because at the end, like you you talking about people saying, like, yo, um, you're taking money out of our pockets. Shit, the way this shit going, it's gonna be they're gonna have like an AI robot in there doing everybody's job. You kind of get what I'm saying? Because it's like there's not gonna be if we don't keep that art at that high level, yeah. What's to stop somebody yeah. from watching my butt?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Cause I, I remember the uh, the ox parties were going like it was a thing, and I'm like, so nigga just put songs and y'all. Plug in the an ox and that's that's like nigga no like no that's why yeah. <laughs> that's
1: why yeah like if the artistry not there like that's why because <clears throat> like I remember Mick said you know scratching is not that important at the time he was right but now it actually is becoming more important because it's like yo what's to separate me from so again, we just had a conversation up here about a spot that they're they're opening a club, and they just want DJs to do mixes. They don't want any DJs in there.
0: That's crazy. That's,
1: that's ridiculous. Crazy. That's
0: that. That's not even fun, bro. Like all right, I'm gonna just submit my mix, like, and for this hour whatever I play, whatever I play is whatever's playing. Like, I'm not reading the crowd. I'm not. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's terrible.
1: It's just, it's just getting to the point where, because the artistry has been drained or in the technical artistry and stuff has been drained so much out of it that we're not getting, I, we're not I, I, getting. Yeah, you never, get what I'm saying. Like, there's no. Yeah, it's not enough
0: technical skills. Like, it's just like shooting a 15 foot jumper, man. You know, watching basketball, it's all three pointers or dunks, right? Like, nobody's yeah. shooting a 15 foot jumper. So, yeah, it looks good for a hot second, but it's just like, ah, damn, man, nobody's like nice. Like,
1: you yeah. know what I'm
0: saying, <laughs>
1: it's it's just weird. It's just like a very weird time because, and what you can't see the future, like, that's going to be more and more spots where they're going to be like, you know what? Actually, we just put on Apple Music.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about, uh, all right, do you use Serato or virtual DJ? What's your, what's your weapon of choice?
1: I use Serato. I don't know. Okay. How do you feel about matter. the stems? Man, I love the stems.
0: I love the stems too, but my OG DJs be like, eh, fuck with those stems. That shit, you still gotta learn how to mix, still gotta learn how to do this. And they will like not com- conform to, to the stems where you know I bought a like new me, laptop. A nigga like me, like my laptop nigga is got just like Zoom nigga, Serato and Google nigga. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. so I have room for it. like you know Stop.
1: what I'm saying? Like I stems love stems.
0: Is- but a lot of DJs, are older DJs, they
1: ain't, they ain't fucking with them. Man, I love the stems. I bought a new laptop to use stems. Um, I, I I can't see. It's almost because one, yes, you do still have to know how to mix. It's not mixing it for you. But God, yeah. uh, like, I got a mix coming. Out. I got to make sure I send it to you. It's called Live 95.
0: Please send it to me.
1: Yeah. So like, it's all like 95 hip hop. And probably, probably cheated a little bit in a couple of them because they was dropped They dropped the '94, but technically released yeah, the '95. Yeah, That's
0: I'm with
1: you. yeah, but um, yeah, I'm using stems all throughout it. Is is as I don't understand how you. It's one of those things where like give them some time and then be like, yo, I was kind of sleeping on the stems. The stems, yeah. Because I I
0: remember when Survivor came out. My my DJs, my old head DJs, they. I don't fuck with Serato. It don't feel right. This, the lag time is a little bit different than vinyl. You know, whatever, whatever. And now
1: That's facts, I, though. I, I
0: absolutely. I remember when Serato first came out. Like, I remember...
1: Oh, oh no, it's still.
0: ...Sharp House. Like, and a bunch of DJs around. I'm the only non-DJ there. Like, wow, you can get MP3s and play it on your computer. Like, nigga, that shit was amazing. But, um... I fuck with the stems. I'm gonna definitely work with the stems tonight. <laughs> definitely. Um another thing I want to talk about that's very important. Um uh, wait, real quick. How do people get in touch with you to get into the school? And please just promote that, you know, how to get in touch with you, how to enroll, how like that's important, so please.
1: Okay. So we we got a little more a couple more spots open like a couple more for February. Uh, March and April, you can hit us up. It's a four week course for DJ 101. If you are kind of already started DJing, I would suggest that you take DJ 102, which gets more in depth on like the technical stuff. It's no, we don't cover equipment and song sourcing, it's just straight mixing and scratching. Um, But DJ 101 covers, you know, like I said, the first two equipments, song sourcing and beginning scratching, like the baby scratch, and yeah. maybe like the drag. And we sometimes cover the stab on the scratch side and then mix in, make sure your song line up, make sure you mix in and phrase and everything else. Um, to contact me www.soundbenderinstitute.com. Once again, www.soundbenderinstitute.com. Or you could call 216-457-8055. Once again, 216-457-8055. That's the number to the Soundbender Institute. And also, Obviously, you can hit up the Instagram, soundbender underscore institute. Once again, soundbender underscore institute.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I think that's very important. I think it's very dope. Hopefully, you guys can branch off, you know, in the future have one in Columbus because I think it's it's needed. It's an ideal that's been talked about but haven't been executed here. And, um, you know, I know Cost a couple a of good, I, I a couple good people like Crate Digger, DJ Poss, you know, they always talked about doing something like that. And I would love to invest in something like that in Columbus. Um, so we could talk about that off there. Um, now, as a DJ, do you enjoy yourself when you go out to bars and clubs and spots to hear other DJs?
1: Um, or oh, no, are, you know are, are,
0: are you critiquing because your ear is programmed to be a DJ?
1: So, my back when I was younger, yeah, I'd be consistently critiquing, but now I'd just be like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever, yeah, yeah. man. Like, do do you because the thing is this, like, if you out at a spot and you listening to somebody, right? And you like overly critical, that person comes to the same spot you at and do that same shit to you.
0: They are. I, I've, seen, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it and <laughs> the reason why I love this question so much is like, all right, like obviously I've seen you spin multiple times, but you never seen me spin. Like But you know me and you got a rapport and a relationship where you're not gonna be as as harsh on me, like, oh, that's just trav, like, you know what I'm saying? So Uh when I'm out now with my DJ friends, it's always funny because I'm like, so if I'm DJing, y'all gonna critique me like that, like behind my back, or y'all gonna come up and say something like, yeah, nigga, you need to stay in the lab a little bit before you get out, like. So I just wonder, do you like, do you like K Nice is your man? You know what I'm saying? when you hear K Nice, are you like critiquing him as a friend? Like,
1: ah, nigga, you could be. Nah. Cause at that point, we didn't spun together so many times. Like, we we give each other critiques. Like, one time we was doing a party up here, and he was like, yo, you're not pushing it. He mm. was like, you, That's, he was like, nah. You in you in muscle memory right now. You DJing off of muscle memory. I'm like. Yeah, because you want to DJ, but he was right. I wasn't pushing it. So we'll give each other critiques like that. But the thing is, like, real talk, when we out, we, like, me, K Nice, and Corey, we assist each other.
0: Yeah. And uh, again, shout out to Burn, because uh, I think he did something with Corey recently. And, you know, like, me and Burn talk, we talk this talk, you know what I'm saying? And, he like yo, Corey nice, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He like, he like Corey, nice, man. He's like, and he was just talking about how much fun he had spinning with another DJ that's not saying another DJ's in Columbus ain't as nice as him or whatever, whatever. He was like just in a different environment, seeing him rock, like made me want to, you know what I'm saying? I had to step up to the plate. So
1: yeah. Yeah, like know. we we assist each other. So it'd be like, yo, hey. Uh, some people will be like, yo, let me hop on. And be like, yo, hey, play that next. Oh shit, good. I didn't even think about that. Play that. Then they put them in the pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get into their zone. That's dope, man. Um, trying to think I, I know I got a uh, few more questions for you, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but how is there a way, and this is a technical question, is there a way to slam records that make sense to you? Yeah, of course. Like um, a DJ told me like every eight bars you can slam a record if it makes sense or if it's on the one. Is that's, that okay? So, so technically, yes. how do
1: you see that? Okay. So it depends. Okay, so like all right, let's say you at a party and it's going, right? Yeah. At a certain point if a party is going, it's probably better to slam records
0: than it is to actually blend
1: them in. Because it hits yeah, harder when it first comes. And the best way to slam records, in my opinion, is when you have that part where the crowd sings the whole part, says the whole part. <laughs> so, big up. To all my yeah, haters. haters. Boom. Ooh. You hit them with the next record, it hits harder. Like it hits extremely hard. That's how you get a crowd going crazy. If you got them already singing all the words to the song, and then you hit them with that next part, like yeah, trust me, like they will go crazy. So there's a point where, especially when you can, there's probably no technical term for this. I call it filling the gap when they're like boom, they set the line, and you can hit them with it, and you slam in the record. Or if you slam in the record from a part that. Even if it is on the two, technically, but it's a part that everybody says. You kind of get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a nice little pause in there. I can't think of a record right now that's was, straight on the two. Um,
0: like, uh, maybe like uh, on uh, Stop, Drop, and Roll, DMX. Stop. Yeah, stop, exactly. Something down, like that. Open up, where um, where you don't have to go into the oh, oh. Yeah. You can be like, stop, shut them down, open up, shop. And then, Cause you know On on that intro Got the gunshots After that Like
1: you could just Yeah Talking shit Motherfucker Yeah Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like boom, no But there right. There There is From From my Especially when you're doing With a the crowd They can fill in A lot of gaps For you To help you Technically And they'll appreciate it more Cause I mean Your main thing Is still to rock them So if you hit them With the whole You know Whatever part Boom Yeah
0: uh, you know, like, I, I always, I think of it like records, like, all right, this is a record where I can go anywhere now. Like, say, you know, um, Tonto, jump on it, jump on it. Yeah. Like, you can play that shit. But then, you know, after everybody do the little dance or whatever, like, nigga, you can go R&B, you can <laughs> go hip-hop, <laughs> you can go rock, because, you know, it's like, yeah. at the end of that shit, you can go anywhere.
1: Damn. I just try to get out of that shit <laughs> right before it. M-G. yeah you know yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the bars like, is like, terrible yeah. bro nobody yeah. hear that shit you know what
0: I'm saying yeah. But, but yeah, yeah even- I, I look for those records like all right, i can go here um cuz i actually uh i'll send you the video i uh i used the uh, stems to blend that record with uh break my soul by beyonce and that shit came out fire like you know what i'm saying okay and,
1: uh uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, those is around the same BPM and yeah. probably I don't know the key for uh, Apache, but they probably around the yeah. same key. Like one. So I can around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The key I don't know. Uh, the key is I think Break My Soul is like something A. Yeah. I,
0: don't I know. think it's
1: five six. Like, A, I think. Yeah, something like I don't yeah, know. I have yeah, to look yeah. at the Serato, but yeah, they they seem like they around there. <laughs> that's that's. The, um,
0: so what the key? How important is mixing in key to you? Because. You know, I talked to a DJ, and he said that, you know, he challenged himself by only mixing in key. Like, it's a challenge. <laughs> not 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 necessarily even doing clubs, but he was like, yo, I practice, like, mixing in key, like, to make sure that shit makes yeah. sense.
1: <laughs> no, I've been practicing mixing in mixing key because it, it sounds aesthetically better. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds aesthetic. I'll give you an example. I was When I was doing the 95 Live Mix, from a storytelling st- standpoint, I wanted to mix How High into Channel Live-ism. Mm. But when I mixed them together, they did not sound as good as what I ended up mixing Channel Live-ism into. When you hear it, you'll hear it. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, man. Shit. Damn. Yeah, so instead of like trying to force it, I'm like, you know, the keys sound better on this one. So I'll do that. And then Shout- the thing is, <laughs> real mm-hmm. quick,
0: Channel Live. Shout out to Channel Live, man. You know they was the weed men right? You know that that like they they was the weed men in the studio and shit. Like that's how they got on. Like they used to no, I didn't eat, know that. That's- they sell weed all the rappers that came to the studio. <laughs> that's how Channel live got on. <laughs> that, smoking
1: that, madism.
0: Yeah, yeah. That you know that's and that's how that shit works. So that's just some hip hop shit. <laughs>
1: That's you know what that's one thing about this era that I love is getting them old hip hop stories.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Fat
1: Joe, like yo, like I was just listening to uh, because you a podcast head too. So you Joe uh, when Nori was on Joe talking about how Dan from TV came together.
0: I I didn't hear that because I I do like I ain't gonna spoil it for you. I'm I'm not a podcast head. Like as much as you would think, like I'm not. Like I rarely (laughs) listen to. Like I listen to two podcasts that has anything to do with like near hip-hop everything else i like i don't listen to joe i don't listen to nori i don't like it's just not my Oh thing. damn for
1: real yeah i'm it's not my thing
0: not my thing at all like i listen to, I, I listen to quest love supreme and i listen to Epp, and that's about as far as i go with hip-hop like i don't listen to matt papa i don't like that's not my thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just love hearing the old stories. Like, I do too, some but of them... It's
0: just like, ah, eh, I feel like, I feel like them niggas be lying. I feel like, I feel like Joe, I feel like Joe is the best storyteller in the world, but he be embellishing and be kind Man, of mass.
1: I, I literally just said this because I, I did his book. I'm like, yo, I don't believe a don't lot believe of this shit he's <laughs> saying. <laughs> like, it's too much, yeah. but yo, you are a great storyteller.
0: Because <laughs>
1: Fat Joe, I have you being like, yo, you know, I like.
0: His R. Kelly story almost, is the best story in the world. And, you know, I'm not going to repeat it on here, but, dog, uh, if you ever want to laugh, nigga, just R. Fat Joe's talking about going to a ranch to meet R. Kelly, bro. It's the funniest shit in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what you're talking about for the Ja Rule record, right? Nah, I
0: was talking about he went to go to, like, a ranch to see. R. Kelly and R. Kelly was boxing a nigga, and it was like
1: <laughs> like well, t- wait, got,
0: cows around. It was crazy, bro. It shit was crazy. I got Kelly to was it. like, he was like coming out to box a nigga in a ring. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was Real
1: funny. quick, because I know you're about to get into your next question. Mm-hmm. Who is the top? Who you think is the top DJs in your city? Top Actually, DJ let me let me, the- me paraphrase that. Top DJ, like you know the the people's favorite D- or not the people's favorite, but like the top actual DJ. The city, like how flex is the top DJ in and what you call but who is your favorite DJs in Columbus, other than your OGs? I already know you're gonna say like O Sharp and of course,
0: but IQ is probably the top DJ in Columbus. Um is probably you know, this could be controversial. Um, and I I really don't care. Um IQ can do it all. There's nothing that IQ is weak at. Like, oh, you want to get scratches, you want to get technical. IQ can definitely do that. Oh, you want to party rock? IQ can definitely do that. Oh, you want to play for the kids at Zuby Z Bay? IQ does that. Oh, you want to rock for the hood niggas? IQ does that. Oh, you need a wedding? IQ does that. Like, he is not weak in any aspect. Now, can he be lazy sometimes? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you know, it's, nobody's pushing him. That's my opinion, and you know, that's uh, IQ is like a little brother to me. So I feel like I can say that, but as far as getting busy, I I would say IQ. Um, technically, I want to say Bandcamp, but I don't, he's not from Columbus, or I don't even know if he lives in Columbus. But I thought Bandcamp. he was from Cincinnati. Yeah, I think he's from Cincinnati. Um, I don't really know him personally, but that nigga gets ultra busy, like party rocking. I've seen him do shit. You know, I've seen him get busy on his um, IG with. Mixes and blends and all that, like that nigga, super nice. Um, Crate Digger is probably the best technical DJ um, Mm -hmm. in the city. Um, my man Bombirdo is probably the best, uh, like turntableism. Um, Bombirdo is probably the best. Um, O Sharp, obviously, you know, it speaks for itself. You know, what he do, he's been doing a, a, a party for over 10 years called The Redo. So, um, And, you know, he's the one that really taught me everything about DJing from the early days. Um, So, yeah, those those are the guys. Um, My favorite DJ in the city, though, is uh, Akron's own DJ Mr. King. That is my my favorite DJ. And the reason why, and I tell him this on air, off air, wherever, is um, King's always going to play records that I don't know that work. Like he'll get deep in that mm. South bag where it's like, all right, you know, I know the TIs, the Jeezy's, the Rosses, but nigga, you don't play some shit. I ain't never heard. And this shit going nuts right now. And I appreciate those moments as a, as a hip hop head. It's like, all right, I still got some shit I need to learn. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm. Uh-huh. So when please, you, my favorite. so when you go out, are you listening to see how they rock the party or is you listening? Cause I'll be honest. I, I do how you rocking that party. I want to hear your technical skills.
0: Ah, uh, see. I, because you're technical. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not technical yet. Like, so my is my, my favorite move every time since I was a, you know, a little jit walking around is like I'll come into a club And I'm coming to stand right by the DJ booth, and everybody knows me for that. And nobody, no DJs get upset. They know when I'm coming in the club, I'm standing because I'm listening. I'm here for the music. The the chicks and the drinks are second and third to me. Like that can happen in a fucking Barnes and Nobles. I'm here for the music. Like I want to see what you're gonna do. Like I want to hear is you gonna get busy? Is you gonna party rock? Is if you're going to play a gym that only I know, or you're going to play some records that only me and you like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, and that's one thing with Burn, like he'll play a record that me and him like, and I know it might be early, cool, mm-hmm. fine. But he'll play a, you know, he'll play a Benny the Butcher or Westside Gun record that I know 90% of the club don't know, but he'll look at me like, yeah, nigga, this for you right mm-hmm. now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay. hell yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I go to see, how do you party rock more than technical? Okay, because I, I I wish like I want to get better. Like I want to come to your school. Like I want to I want to learn how to scratch. I want to learn how to do all that shit. Like I practice that shit, but it is, that shit ain't easy.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not. That's that's where it get get hard. <laughs> it get hard when you be like, you know, when you start getting because scratching is like damn, there are never ending journey.
0: Yeah, bro. And I see you still practice and shit. So uh same question for you. Who's your five? Who's your five favorite DJs in Cleveland? Besides Chicago and besides Scrapmaster L. like
1: um if all time or are you talking about here, currently here or now?
0: Right now. I want to do right now cuz we can always okay. go to some niggas that we can always go to the Mick Boogie's and Joey Fingers,
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, cuz I'm going to say all right. So all right, so I'm instantly to be fair cuz I technically could put two in there already and that's Corey and Kay cuz we all varsity squad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to make this harder on myself. Yeah. But you got to give me one back though. You got to give right, me Chicago
0: man. back. All so, right. So no order. No order, no order. No orders is why.
1: Yeah. I like Chicago. I like Flacco. Blocko was a big reggaeton reggae DJ.
0: Mm.
1: Um I like it's this is young dude that DJ's a lot, named B Reese, that I got a chance to DJ with, and I like him a lot. Only thing I don't like about him is for some reason when he gets ready to scratch, he put the turntable on 45 BPM or RPMs, and it's like, all right, that's just weird. But that's that's your style, because <laughs> I'm DJing I'm like, yo, why is the record going so fast? He's like, oh man, I put it on 45 BPMs. So we got Flaco. Remember, this is not including K-Nice and Corey because they will automatically be in it. Yeah. And I got to do the. It's like when rapper, people be like, yo, who is your top five? It's almost like, yo, you know four names already. Yeah. What,
0: the what side is always going to say Conway and Benny? Like, yeah, nigga, we know you're going to say them niggas. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, yeah, exactly. So, all right. So we got Flacco, we got B. Reese, we got Chicago. I'm going to say probably. E.V.
0: E.V. gets busy.
1: Definitely. Uh, yeah. E.V. on the, the top 40 pop side. Yep. And then, you know what? Probably probably Knickknack. I
0: let me tell you this. I absolutely love Knickknack. We'll talk about the rest off air. I absolutely love Knickknack though. Um, last question, bro. Last question. Last question. Because um, this has been amazing, and I'm so happy that we did this. Um, last, i try to be honest. <laughs> no, you are the best. Um, yeah. What is the most rewarding part of not only DJing, but your DJing school? What
1: is the most rewarding part? All right. So that's interesting. You know where my favorite place to DJ has always been? My bedroom. <laughs> no, my actual, my house, wherever I was at. I've, yeah. I've always, like, like, practicing DJing. So, the most rewarding part of DJing, and it's gonna sound so, is when I do a blend or do a mix, and I, like, I would listen to that if it wasn't me if doing it. If it wasn't
0: me, that's me. It's me. When I'm yeah. practicing by myself, I feel like I'm the best fucking DJ ever and I'll be so mad like nobody's here to hear this shit like yo I am going crazy right now nobody's yeah. here and then when I get public it's like man, I wasn't going crazy like I was at home like I don't understand it's the same fucking records
1: <laughs> I, I'll give you an example I did a blend at the house and I was like oh shit I gotta record this I already right, know like already right, know this shit is going and I did it and then uh, we did an off the wall up here last year um, and when I played it at off the wall, K-Nice was talking to somebody and I seen him pause and he came, he walked his ass over to the thing and then he looked at the the, the screen. It's like, where you get this from? Like, nigga, I made it. Nigga did motherfucker and just walked away. I already knew like, yeah, you got... Yeah, yeah that, like that. When I make a remix, so like, even like when you... I know you commented on the um the biggie over the Phil Collins. Like, when you I do something that, like that... That got
0: everybody attention.
1: Yeah, like when you do something like that, and it's like, I need to re-release that. try to get that shit to go a little more viral, but... Uh, oh, you need to finish it on TikTok, nigga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh... Yeah, when you do something like that, and motherfuckers is up here like, yo, that that's probably the most rewarding thing. As far as up school, it's most rewarding when you see somebody like because it's also it's this thing called STEM up here. It might be a Ohio program where it's called like um It's like social emotional learning, and where you see like a kid kind of come out of their shell. Mm. So when you see like, okay, this kid is so severely introverted. But now we we did a mic part and now he's talking on the mic and he getting applause and you can see the smile on his face. Yeah. Or yeah, when you when you can tell that you're helping someone organically, not just in DJing but in life.
0: I love it, bro. I love it. Look, <laughs> DJ Step one, yo, this has been a long time coming. You know, I remember you coming down and you know, I'm helping you with the rap videos, and you like give me some rappers, Trav. And you know, I'm yeah. like, Yeah, like, yeah, we're gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? You have Dope Freestyle with Trig, and that shit went like, yeah. on a viral at the time. And track two. Track, yeah, yeah, man. Just I just remember helping you and Cam out with that. I always follow you and Cam. Like, I know y'all been on, you know, we could. I, I wanted to stick more to DJing instead of getting, you know, anywhere else. Uh, but. I know you and Cam, y'all be doing like the money talk and all that good stuff, and you know, investment trying to educate stuff. people. Yeah, man. But um, dog, like it's always a privilege, it's always a pleasure talking to you, being around you. Your energy is always beautiful, bro. Like every time I see you, it's love, like you know, it's never, it's never no corny shit or never no Cleveland Columbus shit. It's always been like authentic. Man, and I just want to tell you, uh, you know, I appreciate you, and I want to give you your flowers on that, man, because, you know, again, it, it always could be tension between Cleveland and Columbus, and I could be a part of that, but even my best friends from Cleveland, like I, I keep saying, but with you, it's always love, bro. It's always, like, just fun, and I know... We can nerd out on music at any given moment. Like, nigga,
1: yeah. what kind of needles do you use?
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> what kind of slip mats you got? Like, how do
1: you <laughs> butter rugs, short and um, uh 447s? Four four <laughs> yeah, I still got my short 447s. Four four so, like,
0: can I get my shit customized? Like, that one, you know what I'm saying? Like, even even at the you know, opening of uh, orange soda when you was there and I and I was there and you was just practicing because you was trying to fill out the turntables, bro, just watching you scratch, like. And you did it for, like, 10 minutes. And he's like, all right, I'm good. And I was just like, nigga. Like, this <laughs> <It> was crazy. <laughs> like, what you did real quick was just crazy. Like, so, man, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time, brother. I'm going to get out of here. Needle to the groove. It's your boy Chad Day. DJ Step 1, Cleveland's finest. Shout out to the varsity, uh, varsity spot. Um, We want to talk, man, because I want to um, – I want to interview Corey and K-Nice, uh, you know, eventually sometime this year. Um, so please okay. uh, uh, make that happen, man. Uh, I just think it's only right that we get the whole squad and, you know what I'm saying, uh, keep, keep this moving, man. Um, you know, build this bridge and, um, you know, wrap this DJ culture because that's what we do.
1: Yep, no doubt. I'll make sure I put you in contact. All right,
0: bro. I appreciate you
1: alright yeah. Peace. Peace.